What's happening, my Jacked family? Coach Scott here, jackedafter40.com and shreddedafter40.com. Welcome to another episode of the Jacked After 40 podcast. I've got a great one coming at you today, and it's based on some fantastic questions that I received from a fellow Jacked After 40 Life subscriber who has been familiar with my backstory, knows that I was a scrawny teenager growing up, had gained uh, 50 pounds of fat in my mid-20s, struggled to lose that fat for 10 years, and he was watching one of my Facebook stories where I was doing a lat pull-down, and he was curious to know whether I felt satisfied and content with my level of strength on the lat pull-down machine specifically, and probably just generally with my strength as well, uh, when I was overweight, when I was carrying around that extra 50 pounds of fat. And then he asked if I felt dissatisfied with my overall level of competitiveness and ability to showcase my physique like I did in my late teens and early 20s, or if I just didn't care at the time because I had other priorities such as focusing on my two young kids and a business that I was running. And then he went on to another great question asking, like, how can we recognize that we are limiting ourselves? before a decade goes by where we are stuck in our comfort zone uh, when we should be making monthly progress. And then just asking like any kind of lessons that I have learned that I would pass on to my kids so they don't go through a decade of uh, just being stuck in their comfort zone. So great topics that we are going to cover in today's podcast here. thought this would be a great opportunity for those new to the channel who don't know a lot about my backstory to kind of share some of the lessons that I have learned from being a scrawny teenager, then gaining 50 pounds of fat, losing that 50 pounds of fat, learning learning some lessons along that process as well, and then getting to this point where I've been able to get lean, stay lean after 40. Let's start with the backstory. I began training at the age of 13 in my parents' basement. They bought me a York 2000 multi-gym, as well as the York bench, the barbell dumbbell set, and they hung on to it all these years. And thank goodness, because during this lockdown, I've had to put that equipment to good use. I really enjoyed using it here in my backyard just very nostalgic, just stirring up a lot of those emotions and the feelings that I had when I began training all those years ago. Uh, at 13, I was only five foot tall when I first started, uh, not even 100 pounds soaking wet, and I began working out for sports. I was playing hockey, uh, playing for the high school hockey team, and most of the guys were like four years, five years older than me, over 200 pounds, over six feet tall. I just bouncing off them. At least I had my speed, I could move in and out of them. And that first year of training, I grew uh, six and a half inches, the height I am right now, stopped growing at the end of grade nine, uh, gained a few pounds during that process. And during those first few years of training, like 13 to, to 19 years old, I got up to about 123 pounds. At 19 years old, you see a little picture of me. I look pretty strong, I look pretty solid for a small little guy, uh, and mainly all that training was done in my parents' basement. Then I joined a gym with a couple of my buddies, that's where my strength gains really started taking off. We had access to more equipment, and we were really pushing each other in there. I remember uh, the first time being able to hit uh, two plates on the bench press, 225 pounds, was a huge deal. It's a huge goal for especially me and my buddy Joe there. It's uh, especially weighing as light as we did at that time. We're just both of us small guys, and to be able to hit that that 225 on the bench press was a big deal. Ended up working up to a one rep max on the bench press of 315 pounds. I think my deadlift was around that same weight as well, uh, and that's kind of where it. it leveled off for me. Uh, that's kind of where my, my peak training days were, was in, that, was in that early 20s there. Then, yes, life did get in the way and 
carrying a boat, strength, progress, all that stuff wasn't as important as raising my kids were or running my business was. And that business consumed me. I was working 16 hour days, was hardly able to see my kids. I was stressed out like crazy. I wasn't sleeping well and I wasn't eating well at all. My lifestyle basically sucked during these years from 25 to 30 years old. Um, basically just emotional eating. I was stress eating throughout the day and at night. I'd come home from work, I'd have a few drinks to kind of decompress there. So doing all the things, the very typical things that you I hear from a lot of my, my clients. And for a lot of them, it was tough for them to give up alcohol at the end of the day. That was their their way of kind of, yeah, decompressing at the day to kind of relieve the stress from the day. And, and we know that drinking alcohol at night is going to interfere with your sleep. It's going to lower your testosterone levels. It's one of the worst things that we can do for ourselves. Enjoy it on occasion, but not on a daily basis to, to feel like we have to unwind at the end of the day. Um, it's just, it was a poor crutch that I was certainly relying on. I wasn't drinking in excess, but still having two to three drinks at the end of every single day. Um, again, for some people, I may say that's in drinking in moderation, but it just didn't suit my lifestyle. And especially, it probably led to extra eating as well because I was snacking during that time and eating when I wasn't feeling hungry whatsoever. In fact, I just, I felt full all the time. I felt uncomfortable. I felt bloated. Uh, every night before bed, I would, uh, every night in bed, I had acid reflux. Um, I just felt so uncomfortable in my own skin. I would, at the beach, me, who grew up a skinny, athletic, fit kid, I was wearing a, a, a tank top at the beach. You wouldn't see me take my shirt off at the beach, which is just, it's unheard of. It just, it, it just, that was a huge hit to my psychology, a huge hit to my confidence there. I had no confidence when it came to my physique. And there were all kinds of daily reminders of just how much I had let myself go. Probably the biggest one was simply tying my shoes or lacing up my skates and feeling out of breath or feeling my gut getting in the way. There was a huge knock to my confidence. It just felt awful. So to answer Dan, the subscriber's question there, yeah, I definitely felt dissatisfied with my my appearance, my overall be ability to kind of showcase my physique. I definitely had nothing to showcase. I wanted to cover it up. And in regards to competitiveness, I was playing competitive hockey still at that time, men's hockey, um, and didn't feel the same on the ice. I was definitely more sluggish, definitely got out of breath a lot quicker. So yeah, I felt all of those things. I was definitely dissatisfied. But um, in regards to my strength, I had my strength. So uh, when I was overweight, it was the same kind of strength that I had when I was younger. There's no like talking about the pull down all of that was was exactly the same. But yeah, just the ability to showcase my physique and to move in an athletic manner was compromised from that extra 50 pounds of fat. Um, it definitely, it just, the, the biggest thing was that it just didn't feel congruent with who I am. It didn't feel like I was living my purpose, my passion. It wasn't um, just in tune with my inner nature. I've always been this fit, athletic person. This is my career. And I really wanted to be a walking billboard for my business. And I, I was helping my clients achieve great success, yet I was struggling myself. So um, it, was, it was a challenge for myself. Just things didn't seem 
uh, they just felt out of alignment there. And I wouldn't say my 10 year struggle to lose that 50 pounds of excess fat had anything to do with me limiting myself or being in a comfort zone. It had everything to do with my stressful lifestyle. I was already maxed out with the level of stress that I could handle. I, I couldn't even handle that amount of stress that I was already dealing with. And you add on a diet on top of that, it just, it just, it was overflowing. My, my stress was just, just oozing out of me. And, and to add on top of that, when I was dieting, I was trying to be perfect with my diet, which is why I'd be good for three days and then eat one cookie. And then next thing you know, I'm eating the entire box. Then I'd be, all right, I'm going to be good for a week. I'd be good for a week, have a few chips. Next thing you know, I'm eating the entire bag of chips and the tub of ice cream goes. So I did back and forth, make progress for a little bit, like three steps forward, two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing. It was just a struggle, back and forth struggle for, for 10 years there. And again, like I said, I was able to help my clients deal with all this stuff, but I couldn't help myself. And the big reason is that I, I just needed to manage my stress first before I was able to move on to my dieting. And this is why you always hear me drilling home the message of the importance of making stress management and sleep your top priorities. They're even more important than your diet and exercise because if you are stressed like crazy, you're not sleeping well, it's not going to matter what diet you're following plan or what training plan you're following because it's just going to add extra stress on top of all that and make it really difficult for you to stick with. So I'd say that's been my biggest lesson. So if I was to tell my kids or tell my former self, uh, go back in time and, and tell them, all right, what would I do differently? It wouldn't be to step outside of your comfort zone, it would be to manage your stress a heck of a lot better. Let's get your lifestyle in check before trying to tackle a fat loss goal and get yourself shredded and, and just better yourself, improve yourself, following a diet, following a workout plan. Get your lifestyle in check first. It is absolutely crucial. It's going to lay the foundation for a successful body transformation. But even if I could go back in time and tell my former self to manage my stress better before entering a diet and trying to transform my physique, I don't think I would change anything about what I went through. Even though as much as it sucked to gain that 50 pounds of fat, as much as it sucked to struggle for 10 years to lose it, it's made me who I am today. I have grown tremendously as a person and as a coach. It makes me, I'm, I'm a lot more able to relate to my clients and the challenges and struggles that they are going through because I've been there myself. And uh, I've even learned and grow, grew from the past 10 years since losing that 50 pounds of fat and going through some different bulking and cutting phases and going going through some more gentle muscle building phases and cutting phases. I have learned an incredible amount during this process. I'd say the number one thing I have learned other than managing stress and sleep is to work with your own natural eating tendencies. I have tried so many diets over those years and they all can work. The main thing is following something that suits you best, resonates with you. I've, I follow many diets that did work for me, but they just didn't feel as natural, not as sustainable. They really didn't feel like a true lifestyle where as you were, if you're working with your own natural eating tendencies, eating the same foods where they're trying to lose weight, maintain your weight or build muscle, it makes it a lot easier to stick with. So um, it's probably been the biggest thing. And same thing with training, doing the activities, doing the workouts that you enjoy, that really bring you um, 
a great sense of, of pride and achievement when you are going through them rather than something that you dread and feel like you have to do in order to lose weight. Just living your life to the fullest, having fun with everything every single step of the way. So the other biggest lesson I learned is the importance of accountability and social support. When I finally made a decision, I woke up one day, decided, all right, enough is enough. I'm finally going to drop this 50 pounds of excess fat. I went on Facebook and I made an announcement that I'm going to give myself six pack abs for my 36th birthday. And that was, I think it was February at the time. My birthday is in September. So I had about eight months. I gave myself a lot of time to achieve that goal. I knew there were going to be a lot of challenges. I knew there were going to be vacations in between there, but making, holding myself publicly accountable was a huge deal to me. And I booked a photo shoot as well to make sure I paid for it in advance. And that was a huge sense of accountability. I didn't want to lose that money, but I told everyone else I'm, I've booked a photo shoot and they all expected to see some works of art from that photo shoot that I went through. And I have applied this strategy ever since then. So after I did give myself six pack abs for my 36th birthday and dropped that 50 pounds of excess fat, like I said, I've gone through some bulking and cutting phases where I gained 30 pounds or 20 pounds and had to cut that off. Again, the public accountability, the public support, like asking like every week I would do a progress video on my YouTube channel and I'd share on Facebook some progress pictures. Um, I made weekly accountability check-ins and people were always asking me, they're looking for it. So, um, and even up to this point of my mini cuts, the past five years, I haven't gone through a bulking and cutting phase in the past five years. It's just been like four week mini cuts where again, I will share my accountability. I'm in a four week mini cut here, making the weekly progress videos there. I just find that's a huge, tremendous um, reason for the success that I have had with every single fat loss phase that I've gone through. And another important lesson I've learned throughout this process ties into another one of Dan's topics that he brought up there, and that's the idea of monthly progress. So um, trying to avoid limiting ourselves and being in a comfort zone and chasing monthly progress. For me, I have stopped chasing numbers. Uh, it's just, I found it just ends up beating you down. So after reaching my goal, 36 years old, getting six pack abs, um, and, and continuing to try to build up my strength. So like I said, when I was in my mid twenties, I was bench pressing at a one rep max of 315 pounds. Same thing for the, the deadlift there. 36 years old, I started building up my strength. And here you're seeing a video of me doing a decline bench press. I worked myself back up to, uh, this is on the decline. I'm at 285 pounds here for three repetitions. Uh, it was fun to kind of build up my strength there, but it began taking a toll on my joints. I was chasing those numbers. And on the trap bar deadlift, I hit 410 pounds for uh, three reps here as well, which again, is a huge achievement. I was just continuing to try to push my limits to step outside of my comfort zone and challenge myself and lifting way more than I did when I was in my mid twenties. But again, it was really starting to take a toll on my body and really started paying more attention. I was approaching 40 at the time, so 39 years old and hearing a lot from my fellow colleagues over 40, some big dudes and, and smart coaches who, uh, once they started getting around 40, started 
uh, reducing the amount of weight that they're lifting and training smarter. And for me today, training smarter and making progress is less about increasing the load on the bar. It's more about progressing through various forms, like improving my training technique, improving my overall experience in the gym, making the most out of it, learning to listen to my body uh, if I am feeling tired, if I'm under stress, if I don't quite feel as strong as I normally do, like listening to my body and going a little bit lighter that day, doing a bit higher repetitions. It's this heightened sense of awareness. So how can I walk out of the gym feeling empowered and victorious and ready to thrive for the rest of the day rather than beating myself down just for the sake of chasing numbers and making progress in that way? We all, we can't progress in terms of strength for years and decades to come. We have a genetic ceiling when it comes to that. And we can't progress when it comes to getting more and more shredded. There's limits on that. So what we have is progressing through the experience itself, just feeling better after each and every workout, improving our overall health, improving our overall well-being, improving our overall quality of life. What can I do during my training sessions just to make me a better human overall? And a lot of it just sometimes is just being fully immersed in the experience, blocking out all the distractions so it will help me melt my stress away from the day so I can get on with my day feeling refreshed, invigorated, my mood elevated so I can give the best of myself to everyone else around me. So progress, it just, it changes when you're over 40 and you have over 30 years of lifting experience under your belt. Yeah, you you have those moments where you feel incredible. You can, I had an incredible month throughout the month of January. I felt just on my A game and I was able to give the best of myself to each and every workout. And there are times where you do want to step out of your comfort zone. You do want to challenge yourself, but you got to do it in a safe, effective manner. It's why I really love a lot of the advanced training techniques that allow you to safely train beyond momentary muscular failure, things like drop sets, extended rest pause sets, mechanical advantage supersets that are easier on our joints um, and don't beat us down. It's not like we're trying to progress by just bumping up that load in the bar. We're trying to challenge our body in, in different ways to, to step outside of that comfort zone and embrace that burn and pain in a safe, effective manner. And another form of progression ties into what Dan was asking there in one of his final questions about when we're sitting down at a lat pull-down machine, what needs to go through our minds, what do we need to visualize? What do we need to feel in order to get the most out of that movement? And that's that's tremendous. I have always been into uh, the mindset component of training. Ever since my first year of university, this uh, the, the book we read in our sports psychology class was In Pursuit of Excellence, uh, interviewing a bunch of like top-level athletes, Olympic-level athletes, um, and getting their insights into visualization. What do they do when they're about to enter a race? How do they block out distractions? How do they overcome challenges? So it was uh, this was my first eye-opening experience into the world of mindset and its impact on sport and performance in the gym. Uh, Terry Orlick is the author there and he has another great book that I read after that, Embracing Your Potential. So this is an early age, 19 years old, when I was really getting immersed in the power of the mind and visualizing uh, when it comes to training and exercise and more the more. I mean, Arnold, encyclopedia, not encyclopedia of a bodybuilder, um, yeah. His first book there, encyclopedia, not encyclopedia of a bodybuilder, education of a bodybuilder. Um, 
he has a lot of talk about mindset in there and everything. So, and watching Pumping Iron, hearing him talk about um, the mind-muscle connection and then treating your body as a work of art, thinking of your body as a sculpture. I mean, those kinds of things really appealed to me at an early stage of my training career. So it's been 25, 26 years that I have been a student of the mindset game when it comes to taking your training to the next level. And throughout this past 25, 26 years, I have continued to improve. That's the one area, even if you can't improve in regards to strength, you can't make any, any progress in regards to that area, you can always progress in the quality of reps that you perform. And some people just, they make the mistake of thinking visualization and focus as this, this effort. And, and a lot of times they're, they're overdoing it. They're over focusing on the movement. They're thinking too much during it when you just need to block out distraction. Like focus is eliminating all those distractions and just being very present in the moment. Just feeling, you know the target muscle with a lat pull down, you're supposed to be feeling your back. And so you just, you do that movement, you block out the distraction, do I feel it? You get playful with the exercise. A lot of it is just grip positioning, how you're, how you're holding on to the bar, does that make a little bit difference? The angle that you're pulling it down, do you feel a little bit of difference there? Um, for me, it becomes like a lot of different visual cues. It started being, um, I started thinking of my hands as hooks and driving through my elbows with the, the pull down instead of just trying to pull it down with my arms there. But a lot of it just comes down to a playfulness and that's the beauty of physique training it's the beauty of getting jacked after 40 with this style of training is that it's all about being playful and having a heightened sense of awareness with subtle little adjustments change your your stance a little bit the the grip width it's just different different little things can have an impact on how you feel and exercise. It's all about steering that neural drive. I was talking with one of my clients yesterday on the leg press and they were doing the leg press and really feeling it uh, on the quad sweep, the vastus lateralis there. And, and it, a lot of it has to do, we had a good conversation, like, you know what, you could steer it towards the teardrop, the vastus medialis, if you wanted. A lot of it just has to do with focus and how you're applying the pressure on your feet there. Uh, and just learning to dial down the other muscles and, and dial it into the other little areas that you're feeling. And just try to take out as much of the supporting muscles as possible and really focus on the target that you are trying to feel in. And it all comes with just that sense of playfulness, that willingness to block out of the, all the distractions out of the way and just become very in tune with what you're feeling. And same thing when it comes to like stepping outside of your comfort zone and really pushing through an exercise, we do limit ourselves at times with the amount of reps that we perform, uh, but if we're able to kind of go to our hoppy place, focus on our breath rather than focusing on the pain and what's going on there, like the burning sensation in our thighs, if we just focus on controlling our breath and get to that, that happy place in our mind, uh, it's amazing how much more you can, can crank out there. So a lot of times it's less about thinking and more about just blocking out those thoughts and just getting a little bit playful with it and just experimenting and just having that little bit of heightened sense of awareness of set of little things that you're doing and, and how it changes the feel of the movement. It's all gonna feel different to each and every one of us and it just really helps for you to be playful yourself. Try little things, you hear little cues from other coaches, coaches from myself on certain movements um, and you play around with that and see how it works for you. That pretty much sums up my experiences from the age of 13 to where I'm at right now, 45 
five years young. I have learned so much from this process, the process of being lean and athletic and on top of the world to gaining 50 pounds of excess fat and struggling with confidence and, and even depression at the time and struggling to lose that weight to finally finding my way and, and being ready to, to tackle those goals and to, to build a community around me, the supportive friends that we're all learning and growing together, this jacked up 40 life community. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all the challenges that I have gone through. And I am absolutely certain that this is just the tip of the iceberg. I have got years of growth that I am going to experience, years of progress that I'm going to make, not in the form of getting stronger, or getting any leaner, just personal growth and just more joy from the overall experience and just the sharing, again, the joy comes, I think, from the camaraderie that we are all experiencing. So if you're not having fun with this process, you need to kind of reevaluate the, the situation and find ways to get more joy out of the experience. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't look for the perfect solution. Simplify things. Get back to simply having fun with the basics. Simple freaking movement. The joy of life. Living your life to the fullest is what this Jacked After 40 lifestyle is all about. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. I look forward to hearing your insights and feedback down in the comment section below. And if you have any topics that you'd like me to cover in future podcasts, do me a favor and share those as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and smash that thumbs up button. I'd really appreciate it. If you know a fellow bro who would benefit from listening to today's podcast, do me a favor and share it with them. Before you go, don't forget to download your free guide, Jacked After 40. Have yourself an amazing day. Catch you in the next video.